What is up, Cycling Oklahoma? Um, I am, first off, I want to say I'm sorry that we missed last week. Um, I'm trying to get an episode up once a week, um, but sometimes life gets in the way and scheduling conflicts happen with guests and things like that. So last week was one of those um, situations. So it didn't happen. Sorry about that. But uh, we have an amazing guest this week. If you are in the Oklahoma cycling community or you have driven in Oklahoma City, there is a chance that you have um, seen this amazing woman's work, her art um, around the city and or if you've been to any cycling related event in the past 12 months, you've probably run across Amanda. Um, she is an absolute jewel um, and just I can't say enough kind things about her. I know I keep saying that every episode uh, that this is an amazing guest, an amazing interview, but you know, if you just keep having badass people, you just keep having badass people. What can I say? Here we are um, with a whole bunch of them. Um, and that's the reason that we started this podcast because there's so many cool people uh, in our community. And I just loved having the ability to sit down and talk to them and highlight their incredible talents uh, on and off the bike. So Amanda, uh, I got introduced to her about a year ago, a little over a year ago, year and a half ago or so um, through a mutual friend. And um, she was just coming out of some of the issues that we get into with her body and trying to find her a good, comfortable position on the bike. So she wasn't hurting herself anymore. So that's how I got to know her. And then um, it's just kind of socially known Amanda, you know, over the past 18 months. Um, So sitting down today, I learned a lot more about her and her amazing journey um, that led her into riding her bike and how she got there, how she overcame a bunch of uh, crazy health issues uh, to be doing what she's doing just, you know, a year later is it's, it's mind blowing once you hear the story. So, um, she's an incredible, incredible artist. So please make sure you go around and look at some of her amazing murals that she's done around the city. She has helped transform Oklahoma city into the mural capital that it is and, um, bring art to our community in such a amazing way. And so she had a, you know, she was one of the ones on the forefront of making that happen in our community and bringing it to light for everybody to enjoy these amazing big pieces of art on the sides of buildings all over the community. So she also has an awesome piece in the new Omni Hotel um, that's all folded paper, which is an incredible thing to see. And so uh, please check out her Instagram because she has amazing um, things on there, uh, amazing pictures, and she just loves riding a bike. So um, we get into a lot of good stuff and um, she sells incredible flower bouquets that she does of wildflowers. Um, she grows them and we get into that a little bit as well. So support her in all of her adventures and all of her things on and off the bike. Uh, but I think you guys are going to find this episode extremely refreshing and just, it's awesome to sit down with people that are just good humans. And so she's another amazing human in our community. And I just, uh, I'm so glad that she gets to share her story here. So, um, please make sure that you download and, uh, and subscribe to the podcast, leave us some reviews. That's how we continue to grow this thing. It keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I can't thank you guys enough. Um, we got over 2000 downloads now, um, which is awesome in such a short time. And, um, it's because people keep spreading the word about how much they love the awesome humans in our community. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. Hopefully we can get back on track, but I will tell you over the next handful of months, there may be a week or two here and there that I skip and miss because of life. And, uh, that is, is what it is, but, uh, we will continue to keep highlighting uh, badass folks, uh, riding bicycles in Oklahoma. So thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy.
Amanda, I'm so glad to have you in. Um, I know very, very little, basically nothing about you besides you make really awesome murals, really cool giant pieces of art out of paper, and <laughs> beautiful flower bouquets. Oh, and uh-huh. I, I bought a wreath from you last year. Oh, yeah, yeah you did. Yeah, for my mom. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. that's, and we uh, did your bike fit. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, it's been about a year ago now, right? Mm-hmm. Roughly, yeah. maybe a little longer. Probably right uh, at a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so we got connected through a mutual friend mm-hmm. of Corey who is one of my favorite humans on the planet. She does my massages and just everything about Corey is like the sweetest little hippie child of, of all time. And so <laughs> she is. Uh, um, I just absolutely adore her. And then when she's like, Hey, I got a friend who is getting into cycling and like more and get going again. And, um, she needs to come see you. I was like, if Corey's on board, then I'm on board. Like, let's figure mm-hmm. it out and let's make it happen. So that's how we met. Um, but I don't really know anything about your backstory or how you got into all the art and how you, have landed on this path in your life or any of that stuff. So, um, you have come onto the cycling scene in full (laughs) glory and full blast. And now you already know everybody in it. Every time I see a group ride, I see your face on there or I see it on Strava (laughs) that you did whatever event. So Uh, you are full blast into cycling now. So I guess let's rewind a second and say, how in the world did you get into riding bikes? Okay. Well, it started when I was young. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know how they say when you're older, you need to go all the way back to the time when you were a child and find the thing that sparked the most joy and passion mm. and do that, mm-hmm. like find a way to incorporate that into your adult life. I was thinking about that the other day as I was writing and I was like, I think I found that. Oh. So when I was young, you know, I rode my bike and um, I wasn't really... I had a really sheltered childhood. It was very conservative upbringing. I wasn't allowed to go very many places. So my mind had to get really big. Uh And so I had to, you know, I I had this little backpack purse and I'd like, you know, put my snacks in it and (laughs) I would like get on my bike and just bike around my little cul-de-sac and pretend I was driving a car and on like an epic adventure somewhere. So (laughs) did you grow up here in Oklahoma city or no, I grew up in Edmond In Edmond. Okay. Uh Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I grew up in Edmond. My family is from there. They, uh, or my dad's family's from there and they, um, have a, my dad has a small business that was my grandfather's in downtown Edmond. Okay. And my grandpa, he actually worked in the same building when he was young as a grocery store clerk. So we have like roots, yeah. you know, deep, deep roots in, in Edmond. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So when did you find that you wanted to ride the bike as a big kid as a big kid. Uh-huh. Well, okay. So I, I got, you know, I, I still have the bike that my older sister had our very first 10 speed. Mm-hmm. So I have her old Raleigh. And when I was in my twenties, you know, we, we'd scoot around town. I, I fixed it up, got it new bar tape and pedals and made it cool and, you know, ride to the bars and right. just around town. And then, um, I think it was 2017, uh, my husband at the time, he was working for Matt Hoffman bikes. Mm. And so they had this floor model of a fixed gear bike. I think it was a Focal 44. And I was like, I don't want to ride single speed. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. that sounds hard. <laughs> it is hard. Uh, it, well, <laughs> you know, he, he finally convinced me to give it a try cause he'd gotten a single speed and it was actually really easy. Mm-hmm. It's, it was super light it was fun. It was, it was punchy. I love riding that bike. And so we would, you know, I'd be, I'd commute downtown, you know, to the gym, go to restaurants, you know, yeah. I was just pretty much like a downtown bike right. commuter. And so, um, how I got in a 
serious cycling. <laughs> um, 2019, I had an injury. It was like a debilitating injury, but I wasn't sure that that's what it was at the time. So it's, I mean, I could, I could talk for, I could talk for days and days and write a whole novel about what happened in 2020. Mm. But the long story is I had an injury that they thought was autoimmune and other things. Um, and, uh, I was in bed for like n- unable to move. I couldn't sit for six months. Oh my like gosh. I could only walk or lay in a corpse position flat on my back. Couldn't have any pillows under my head. And that, that lasted, let's see, like six whole months. Oh my gosh. Two months definitely couldn't move hardly at all. So wow. I, through a series of like seeing specialists and doctors, um, I, I was basically having to figure out what my diagnosis was. Was it MS? Mm-hmm. Was it, um, uh, the, you know, I was, it was, I was having nerve type symptoms basically. Mm. And then I had three MRIs. Nothing was presenting. That's um, scary. Whenever mm-hmm. you do all this test and everything's like normal-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But all these like, blood tests. <laughs> but you're yeah. like, it's not normal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I felt like, yeah. I felt like all those yeah. people that you hear about that you're like, um, yeah, the doctors, it's not, you know, I met some that were helpful, some that were absolutely not helpful. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I was like, I have to find out what's wrong, you know, with myself. And so I put myself in physical therapy, went through five physical therapists till I found the right one. Um, And I was just doing that just so I could not lose more mobility. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, everything in your body, when you stop moving, it shuts down quick. Your body is super resilient and strong. It's also very very sensitive, um, Mm -hmm. and movement. I mean, there's a reason they tell you to move right after surgery. Mm -hmm. I lost so much mobility. I did you have surgeries as well. No. Okay. So it was just like this unanswered Mm -hmm. question of like, why does it hurt so bad everywhere? Right. Chronic pain. I think my final diagnosis from a regular doctor was fibromyalgia Mm. and I was on, she put me on, um, a nerve blocker, um, that messed up my head. And so I wasn't able to work. I had to quit doing everything. My whole life stopped. And I'm an active person. I was working, <laughs> I think, four different jobs and moving into my boyfriend's house at the time that everything, my, my life kind of stopped. So Wow. And this happened in 19 or 20? <laughs> this happened, it was uh, end of October of 2019. Okay, um, gotcha. And, it, and this, it was a slow and quick progression, mm-hmm. um, about two or three months until I became just debilitating pain. Wow. Yeah. And so when, and what, when did you start coming out of it and what helped you kind of come out of just the misery and of just having to lay there all the time? Well, I, you know, I was like, if, if, if this is, if I do in fact have a chronic illness or autoimmune disease, I've got to figure out what kind of movement is possible mm-hmm. and, and get to a point where I can maintain that. And so that's what led me to PT. I just mm. I have to learn how to move in ways that are maybe less painful, um, and, you know, I've, I had moments where I was just like, I me mean, if I can't move, I don't want to live anymore. Right. And so every single day was just an exercise and like, okay, you have to get out of bed and you have to go find hope today. You have to go find a reason to get out of bed today and move your body. And so part of my practice was, um, I'm getting back to the cycling, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is exactly what I would okay. love to hear. Yeah. Well, part of my daily practice was, you know, put on, put on a podcast so I was listening to um, outdoor podcasts about, you know, ultra marathon runners and endurance riders and 
mountaineers and through hikers. And so kind of in my head, I would like play this game and I would be like, all right, I'm walking. Walking was the one thing I could do. Mm -hmm. And so I'd walk and listen to these podcasts and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm in a lot of pain because I am an ultra marathon runner (laughs) and I have just done 50 miles and it sucks, but this is what I do. Um, and so that was another part of my daily practice. So slowly, you know, okay, I'm going, going to PT and every session I would have, you know, I would feel just a teeny, 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 tiny bit better. Um, even though it was still massively painful. Um, and so after five physical therapists found the right one, one of my physical therapists actually, he had actually gotten me on the right track. He was the one that I was going to stick with. And then he fell through his ceiling during COVID. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, 2020 was just <laughs> oh a crazy shit show. So yeah. wow. I, I regressed because they moved me to a different person in mm. his practice and he just wasn't as good. And, um, I need to check up on him. But last I heard, he was doing fine and telling all the doctors what they needed to do to get him re- <laughs> rehabilitated. Yeah, I so, bet. Wow. Jeez, uh, uh, what a crazy little twist in that story. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I do remember I do remember what brought me to the cycling. I was laying in bed late at night and just every two hours I'd wake up because my pain was not being managed. You know, we were mm-hmm. in an opioid epidemic. So doctors do not want to prescribe you any kind of opioid medication. Um, so they were giving me high dosage Tylenol yeah. and ibuprofen mm-hmm. and my nerve blocker. Um, so I was just on my phone and I was scrolling through and I, I found this account called through the grit and I believe his name's Scott Johnson and he is from Shawnee. Okay. And, something about his feed just really, it really like struck something like deep in my soul. I was like, this is a guy, he's on the back roads of Oklahoma, which is where I spent most of my, um, formative adult years all through high school, Mm -hmm. like back roads in Oklahoma were like the one thing that set my head straight. So he was riding his bike and taking pictures of the sunset and rolling on gravel. And I was like, I want to do that someday. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that I want to do. And, um, I had a couple friends too. I'm sure, you know, Tanner and Ashley, mm-hmm. and they were also doing gravel. And I was like, well, what is this? And so <laughs> yeah. I started digging down and I, th- I think I started a Pinterest board and like, you know, kind of trying to like, well, if I did do this one day, you know, little inspiration board, mm-hmm. painting bikes and then, you know, all the stuff that the fun stuff that comes with bikes, outfits, that's gear. The, that is the fun yeah. part. All the, all the, <laughs> things is the fun part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the I was expensive like, part, but the fun part. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I, I joke around sometimes that I've like shed the mantle of becoming <laughs> a, or from being a starving artist to becoming a starving cyclist, uh-huh. because that's how my world. They're feels very right similar. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I work to maintain that's my it. bike. Perfect. You're happy. <laughs> my bike lifestyle. <laughs> that's right. So, uh-huh. so have you ever reached out to him? I have. Oh my God. Okay. So let's see through, let's see springtime. Mm -hmm. I was like, one of my goals, bucket list, you know, I still have to have these daily goals Uh to push myself to get better and better and better. And one of my goals was like, one day I'm going to go out and I'm going to ride with Scott. Mm. And I did, I went and joined the Shawnee gravel grinders this, uh, this spring and I fangirled him (laughs) and I was just like, I was just so honored to be out here with you and writing and like just how magical. Mm -hmm. And then he was actually 
that was part of my magical G3 story was mm. Scott was also out there. That's doing awesome. That. Uh-huh. Well, let's get into that here okay. in just a second. <laughs> um, so you met him and, and mm-hmm. while you were watching him and being inspired by what he mm-hmm. was doing, did, did you reach out to him at all during that I did. time? Okay. Yeah. Because I think it's important. I think sometimes when we're doing things that we love and especially putting them out there, you can get a little, what do you call it? Brene Brown calls it something. Um, you, your vulnerability, mm. what do you call it? A vulnerability overload or something. I don't remember what exactly the phrase is, uh, but putting yourself out there can be terrifying. And I think, and I think that that period in my life made me realize like, it's so important that we share the things that we love with the world because we never know who it's going to affect. Mm-hmm. You never know who's watching. And I just wanted him to know. And so I did. Mm-hmm. I sent him I sent him this fangirl message and I was like, <laughs> you don't know me, uh-huh. <laughs> but I follow your account and here's where I'm at in my life right now. And I just, I'm just so grateful that you post this content. Well, I'm, I think it's awesome that you reached out to him mm-hmm. because we, and I've talked about this on the here before and with other people that you never know who's watching mm-hmm. and so not only just do the right thing, but mm-hmm. you never know who you're inspiring by just living your life. And this is a perfect example of that. Yes. Um, that's super cool. He's just like riding his bike and taking pictures. Exactly. No clue that there was someone who's like, can't do anything, mm-hmm. but it's like, he's the inspiration, which is super cool for him. So I'm so glad that you reached out here during your journey. Yeah. Um, because I can't imagine what that felt like to him. That yeah. would be super cool. I did a hundred percent. And I think I would love, I would love it. And I have had people say that to me, but Mm -hmm. I never really have, have truly felt that way about anyone else until I said, see, I'm getting a little teary. (laughs) It's like, it's just wonderful. Like, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyone is listening, he's just doing his thing. Share your thing. That's right. Yeah. Someone out there needs to hear it. I totally Mm -hmm. agree. That's cool. So he was kind of your inspiration. Your Mm -hmm. Pinterest board kind of got you like gave you like more of a daily drive to do it. Mm -hmm. When did you finally feel good enough to kind of get back rolling again? Well, this whole experience has taught me that sometimes you really need to start before you are ready. And so I was positive that because my upper back, um, it's, it was my C1 through my C7 that was totally aggravated and going down my arms and like my hands, um, just burning, radiating, piercing, stabbing pain 24 seven. So I was convinced, you know, being the positioning that you're on on a bike Mm -hmm. that I would not be able to get on my bike. Well, one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hop on my bike. So I hopped on my, my single speed at the time. And I just, I had not been able to get my heart rate up in mm. months. I was, I was actually tra- training for my very first trail race before this injury. I'd never done okay. any, any race before, but I love hiking and, mm-hmm. and running was kind of my thing m- mildly before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I was like heart rate. Oh my God, it's today's the day. Let's just give it a try. And so mm-hmm. I hopped on my bike and I r- ripped it around the parking lot and mashed up a hill, got home. My back felt great, but then I gave myself uh, some sort of IT band mm. issue that took three months to oh my iron gosh. out. Wow. But I was encouraged by that. I was right. I was sad because it was hard to walk from then on. Mm-hmm. But I was encouraged because I was like, well, maybe this is something. Maybe when I get this IT band thing and nerve pain that's now going all the way down to my heel figured out, I can <laughs> hop on a bike. Uh-huh. And so two or three months later, I started looking for bikes and I was looking for a gravel bike, but it was COVID. Mm-hmm. And so everything, everything was sold out everywhere. 
I finally went down to the Trek store and they had one entry level road bike in Mm -hmm. my size. And, you know, I wasn't working. I had medical bills on a credit card. I'm all, I've always been like really good. You know, you have to keep your eyes and be very good with money if you want to like live a starving artist lifestyle (laughs) (laughs) and not look like it. So (laughs) I, I don't li I try and stay, you know, completely debt free, but I was like, you know what? It's 2020. Fuck it. Like, (laughs) This, this bike's going on this card <laughs> and I just need something to be happy about right now. Mm-hmm. And so I put the bike on the card and, um, slowly, I mean, so slowly started riding it. Mm-hmm. I mean, couldn't hardly go around the block at first. Mm-hmm. I'd use it to just run errands, like deliver a hose to my friend's house when I was working <laughs> on his yard or, right. um, then I set a goal to do a mile a day. Mm. And then, you know, slow, teeny, teeny, tiny increment. Some days I couldn't even get on it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Some days I would put, I, I propped it up in my living room and I just, <laughs> just lay down beside, no, I would lay down beside oh. it and I'd pretend like, okay, I'm on a bike packing trip and I'm 300 miles in and it's nap time. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what uh-huh. the imagination, mm-hmm. how much power there is in, in that. Yeah. And like actually visualizing Uh and seeing yourself doing something Mm -hmm. led you out of all the stuff, which is amazing. I think there's like, there's probably like some woo woo name for that kind of practice, (laughs) active imagining or something. Like it's just true Mm visualization, visualization Mm -hmm. technique, which Mm -hmm. I mean, so many like high end athletes use it in competition, right? So Mm -hmm. envisioning yourself winning the race or attacking up this climb or thinking about the the route and this is where I'm going to go. Like there's that high performance piece of it and not just in cycling, but in every sport. Okay. Um, cause I remember back when I was, I played golf back in my previous life and I would, the night before the tournament, we would, I would think through every hole of where I was going to hit the shot uh, off the tee. The wind's going to be out of the left. I'm going to hit it down the right side. There's a bunker there. I should be lit short of that. Then think about hitting into the green. Like, so when you get there, you've been there before. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's fascinating. But it's the same thing that you were doing without even like truly knowing how in-depth you were doing it. But that's what got you strong without mm-hmm. being able to do the the technique or the thing that was needed to make you strong, which is awesome. I probably need to look into all of that because <laughs> I'm like, you know, now kind of starting to turn a corner uh-huh. and, and kind of go that more. The things I was visualizing are starting to like actually become things I can think about doing. Be possible now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have to find ways to like stay motivated. That's awesome though. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think you should fulfill those things that you visualized, which would be mm-hmm. what a cool like circle that yeah. would be. Like that would be such a cool like thing that to take that 300 mile bike packing trip and lay next to your bike and be like, I'm here. Like, I'm, you've I did done it. it. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. Okay, well, then we got to talk about that. So uh-huh. you got your bike. You got your, uh-huh. um, you just started getting riding. You were on like a mile at a time. Uh-huh. And then when did you start finally feeling good enough to like go for, you know, 10, 15, 20 mile rides? Um, okay, so probably late summer last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this, so the anniversary of my longest ride last year was the weekend of the G3 race. So that was like my one year anniversary of the longest mileage I had ever done on a bike. 
That's awesome. And by ever done on a bike, I mean as recorded by Strava, because I really don't know. I didn't have Strava before. <laughs> well, if it's not on Strava, it's not real. So That's let's just be I've honest. Learned. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, now you know all these things. It didn't count even if you did, because it wasn't yeah, exactly. on Strava. Um, so I guess, yeah. So really like late summer, early fall is mm-hmm. when you kind of really were ramping mm-hmm. up and getting going. Yep. Um, and then you have just been bitten by the bug and you are everywhere. It's, it's bad. It's, it, I mean, it, it's, it's in a, it's, it's a total addiction and I have never had a hobby mm-hmm. that was, that I ever spent money on that didn't, wasn't like a bit. So art, of course, uh-huh. that was my passion, but now it's my business. And so, although I enjoy it, it's not something I go to, um, for recreation. Right. And so all the money that I would spend on my art, that was just basically pumping it back into business. Right. Mm-hmm. But cycling it's just pure joy and it is i I never understood people who would like spend big money on hobbies but i totally get it now (laughs) yeah there's always something Uh else to buy i put yeah i put my first road bike on a credit card and paid it off and Mm -hmm. then gravel bike and then paid that off and Mm -hmm. guess what Uh mountain bike is that what's coming next? No, I already did it. <laughs> it's already on when, the credit card. That when did you I do that? To, uh, let's see, three months ago. Oh my gosh, you're all you've got. You got everything mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I do. And I, I, I looked. I tried. I looked everywhere for a mountain bike mm-hmm. like used because I was like, quit putting, you know, <laughs> like expensive bikes on your credit card. Mm-hmm. But nothing was in my size. Yeah. And um, so Bike Lab had one, and I grabbed it. Well, good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, have you gone mountain biking yet? Um, they're actually, so Hannah, uh-huh. Hannah Bogoski uh-huh. actually took me on my very first mountain bike ride. She took me out to Draper, okay. let me borrow her single speed mountain bike mm-hmm. and we did all the trails. Okay. Um, it was, it was awesome. You survived. It, yeah, I survived. It was the bike. It was definitely too big for me. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was nice. I, I enjoyed it. Now they're going to do, uh, the girls are putting together, uh, a mountain bike, ride at skip okay i was gonna say yeah good i was gonna say you need to go out to skip and just Mm -hmm. spend a a while there and just learn and Mm -hmm. learn how to corner and all the things that's such an amazing place to learn Mm -hmm. and and it's fun and safe um and not annoying like some of the other trails that we have here like draper gets annoying (laughs) because the sand is just like come on i'm tired of turning and i'm tired of being in sand yeah and then bluff is like i'm tired of bumping over all these roots Mm -hmm. and turning but sip is like Flowy and Flowy, fun. that's what I want. You get to, like, actually ride your bike instead of, like, not hit trees. <laughs> you know, so it's fun. It's yeah. a great place to learn. Uh-huh. Um, and then, like, the plaid trail in, I guess it would be, like, the yellow um, and green at Thunderbird are a great place okay. for you to go to. Because okay. they're all, it, it, they're very flowy. They're very, it's just, like, right off the parking lot. It's not, like, not a lot of technical stuff. Not a lot of climbing. It's just fun and fast. And you can learn and see more things and it's a little bit more trail I think than what you'll have it sit but great mm-hmm. places to go to learn how to ride and you're going to be all in when you get on the mat trail I'm I'm excited to learn like better mm-hmm. bike handling skills because I think it'll make me a better gravel rider make much better mm-hmm. on the gravel yeah much much better you mm-hmm. won't be as scared going down hills at 25 miles an hour and like loose gravel or <laughs> around a loose corner because it's like yeah I've been here before because uh-huh. now if I just wash out it's going to like not be great you do it on a mountain bike it's either a ledge or a tree. So yeah. those hurt a little more, but you'll love uh, the mountain bikes. The best mountain bike and gravel. They go together. Yeah. It's like, you can't have yeah, one you have to the have other. both. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, so you got into doing, um, your, some events you did. Mm-hmm. Did you do a wheeler this year? 
Um, yeah, I tried, I <laughs> tried Wheeler at the very first. So, you know, all the, all the women in the Oklahoma women's cycling community, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of them race and do badass things. And I'm just kind of like, Hi, <laughs> I'll tag along. Let's do guess it. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, it's, it's like, I'm consider myself an adventure writer, mm -hmm. but also adventure like is saying yes, sometimes before you're ready uh -huh. or before you know what you're getting into. And so. I signed up for the first Wheeler Crick because it's uh -huh. like I don't know if I, who knows? Yeah, maybe I'll love it. Maybe, yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it was good. It was fun. Uh huh. It, I'll tell you the the best part was seeing like friends on the sidelines going, uh -huh. yeah, uh -huh. finished dead last, and <laughs> it was totally you fine. Did it? Yeah, that's awesome. And I think mm -hmm. that's been the best part of. I mean, not uh -huh. knowing you really, um, uh -huh. like on a one on one basis, and just you know, socially, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but watching your journey over the past year, it, you have like tried everything in a yeah. year you've tried like everything because and that's what's so <laughs> fun to watch is like you are doing it for the true pure joy mm -hmm. of just riding your bicycle and yeah. not being I mean clearly there's nerves and scared of doing this new thing like a wheeler or a mm -hmm. mountain bike or whatever but mm -hmm. you're like cool sure it's a, yeah. let's do it like let's just see what happens which is I wish more <laughs> people did that because it makes it more fun I see. It doesn't need to be serious. Completely, yeah. I, and and I see. It's it's interesting. You, I've I've talked about it a little bit with some people at Wheeler, um, like how our our biking community is a little disjointed. Um, there's like uh, kind of the fun riders that you know ride single speed or fixed, and you know have really cool bikes, and they're just really awesome people mm -hmm. that like to just like have a good time and ride. And then there's like the serious people who get like you know, do the races and the mm -hmm. group rides. And I want to figure out a way to get, you know, the two groups together more. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think part of doing that is, is we quit. There are all these rules in cycling, <laughs> you know, there, there are groups of people that go, oh, I, I'm not going to wear spandex, you know, like I've had people go, well, I want to ride my bike, but I, but I don't want to wear spandex. And I was like, well, there is a reason why everyone, you know, like you'll say you don't want to wear spandex until you're doing 30 miles a day for <laughs> six days in a row. And then you'll go, okay, maybe I need a chamois. <laughs> yeah. You'll, uh -huh. you'll figure out that it's not it, just for fun. <laughs> yes. And it's all about what your goals are. I get uh -huh. it. If you don't want to wear it, totally fine. If mm -hmm. you, if you just like skipping around town, that is also, you are still cycling. You are still a bike rider and you're still in you know, mm -hmm. there are all these rules though. And so many stupid unspoken rules. Oh yes, absolutely. Which, uh -huh. And I love it because you're still so fresh and new to this that uh -huh. you're, you're still learning all of this. And so <laughs> yeah. you're just like, because I remember those and I remember uh -huh. those times where I was just like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, uh -huh. that's so dumb. Like, yeah. there's no reason for that. Like, uh -huh. yeah, but that's just what you do. And I'm like, but why? But why? It yeah. doesn't make any sense at all. Like, uh -huh. yeah, but it's just what it is. And I'm like, Whatever. I think it's getting mm -hmm. better. And there's a lot of things like I remember whenever I, the things I didn't understand, I'm like, oh, a group ride at this shop. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to that. And they were like, I'd get there and they would talk smack on somebody else. I'm like, and I'd go to this other group ride. I'm like, oh, they have one on Tuesday. So I'm going to go to that one. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'd get there and I'm like, well, why is nobody from the one on Saturday here? Right. Exactly. It's because it's a different shop. Yeah. Or I'm like, hey, I'm down in Norman. I need to stop by and get a tube. They're like, uh, yeah, I can't go to that shop. I'm like, it is so weird. Why? It is so weird. Makes but no sense. We're too small of a community to have that kind of Agreed. beef and weirdness with and each other. And that's the beef for uh -huh. no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. my t-shirt uh -huh. says this shop, so I can't go to that shop. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that's the only reason, uh -huh. which is goofy. 
Yeah. It's so goofy. So I'm trying not to do, I'm trying really Good. hard to be like, I'll, do, I'll, so like I've, I've got friends in my life now who are like, I want to ride with you, but I won't mm-hmm. go, go as fast. And it's like, dude, cool. as my friend, Mandy Stewart, mm-hmm. she's like one of my bike mentors. She's like, this ba- bike goes as fast as I go. Mm-hmm. So if I'm riding with you, we're riding Yeah. me and you together side by side, having a good time. It's not about you get out here with me and I take off and leave mm-hmm. you in the dust. You and know? it's not about the Strava KOM. Mm-hmm. It's about mm-hmm. it shouldn't be yeah. for, for a lot of times and a uh-huh. lot of people it is. And I get that. Yeah. The competitive, like sure. super hardcore type A people. I get it because mm-hmm. that's what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of in the middle that should be more about the adventuring. Yes. And the adventure doesn't need to be a bikepacking trip. Mm-hmm. The adventuring is... I've never done a crit before and uh-huh. I'm going to go see what this is all about and yeah. jump in. Like that's the mm-hmm. adventure or creating an adventure group ride where it's not like, you know, we're trying to hit 16 to 18 for 30 miles. Mm-hmm. We are going to go find coffee mm-hmm. and we're going to ride to Louis and get a, we're going to get a look get, at art. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're going to have conversation and connection. That is also, that's my favorite. I need, I was just talking to the ladies last night on mm-hmm. the Monday night ride. Like I need that. I haven't done that in a few weeks and I, I think a, a mural ride would be a really cool little tour. Oh yeah. That would be really cool. They have, uh, I believe downtown OKC mm-hmm. has a published map, but we've talked about creating a bike route like Mandy and I, mm-hmm. um, last year, uh, talked about creating a, an, a public art ride. That would be really cool. With coffee and mm-hmm. pastries. Yeah. And start it early in the way. morning and kind of mm-hmm. hit a couple of coffee shops along the way. Mm-hmm. And man, that would be really, that would be a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be a great way to marry the, um, commuters. Yes. Um, uh-huh. it would be a way to pull in some of the, like the full moon bike riders, Yeah, uh-huh. the hide and go bike folks, yep. uh-huh. like, I think you could pull in families and like you could pull in everything, which would be a really cool, yes. different bike experience, which is that that's what we need. We need more fun, different random yes. bike experiences. So mm-hmm. it kind of hits everybody, which is, that's a really cool idea. Yeah. All right. So now you've done a crit. Uh-huh. You did, you've, have you gone bikepacking? No. Not bikepacking So yet. I haven't even told you about the gravel part. No, that's what I was going to yeah. say. If you haven't done uh-huh. bikepacking. Uh-huh. So let's get into uh-huh. how you got into the gravel because that's mm-hmm. where you have truly found your adventuring legs. Yeah. So so around, okay, I think it was end of, end of October last year, um, Mandy Stewart invited me to the Monday Night Women's mm-hmm. Ride. And on that ride, I met Hannah mm-hmm. and... She, Mandy said, you know, Hannah does gravel. You want to get into gravel? And I was like, yeah, I really do. You know, Hannah was real excited. I was like, I don't have a bike. Mm-hmm. And she said, I will find you a bike. And this, this, this girl did not even hardly know my name. <laughs> she got my number that night, sent, and was just like sending me bikes. I feel like she sent me like four or five different bikes. Um, and I found the one, mm-hmm. uh, after three days, found it, picked it up and that was it. She took me on my very first gravel ride mm-hmm. out in Guthrie. Um, it was pretty miserable cause of the wind. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was wonderful. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. And then I think Karen was having group rides mm-hmm. out at her. Did you ever go to any no, of those? No, yeah. She had them like start out like on Tuesday night or mm-hmm. Wednesday night, whatever it was, out at her house. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my my first group gravel ride. And that was the first time I experienced the 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 loose 
like fresh gravel. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Oh, that was such a magical night. So we started out and we got, we, we went down, you know, the loose gravel and, and they were, you know, kind of telling me like, okay, Mm -hmm. bike skill 101, (laughs) don't, don't grab your brakes, Uh you know, like just go with it. Let your bike kind of, kind of move. And I was like, okay. And we went out and it was sunset. This, it was just like the most beautiful picturesque scenes. The sun was setting on this red dirt road. There were horses on either side of us. The horses on the left side of me started running with us. So they ran with us. It was just like, you know, cue the, the music. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a movie. It was a movie. And yeah. had I the bike skills at the time, I would have videoed it. But I was trying not to fall. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> and then we went down this road. And, you know, everyone's talking about toilet road. And we went down toilet road. And <laughs> Hannah fell completely into, like, the, it, she thought she thought it was fine, you know. So uh-huh. she took this bump, and it ended up being just a hole of mud. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my! So gosh. we stopped, and she was like neck deep in mud. <sighs> and then we had to figure out how to get her hosed off. So we, my friend Eric Lyons was also oh on that ride, and he was like, "I know some friends up the road." So it was like the best adventure ride ever. Uh-huh. She got sprayed down. That's exactly with a how hose. gravel should be. It, this this is exactly yeah. the adventure. And that was your first experience. That was yes, oh. that was my first. Yeah, how ride. can you not be hooked after something like that? It was amazing i do <laughs> have video awesome. of her screaming because the hose was super cold and the <laughs> like sun was well going water down. Yes. Yeah. oh my uh-huh. gosh that's awesome yeah. that's a great first experience mm-hmm. yeah and so ever since then you've been like a gravel queen yep well, well yeah Gra- uh-huh. gravel queen that'd be a great brand there you go <laughs> all right I, I just need 10 percent royalty okay well, maybe good. five i'll go with five um so from then on uh-huh. you was g3 your first gravel race or have you done a gravel event before g3 uh, no gravel no gravel events and just more gravel riding yeah and it was hard at first because i couldn't you know i didn't know if you're new to gravel what do you do and <laughs> like where do you go and so all the i didn't know and you know uh-huh. like obviously you know hannah couldn't come with me all the time mm-hmm. uh so i was like well there was this okc bandit cross group that just started mm-hmm. and i like okay, i was like okay i guess i'll go out with them i've never done 30 miles on gravel before i don't know what their pace is there were no details uh-huh. i go out and i am way in over my head <laughs> way in i mean they're like bombing hills uh-huh. you know i think we went 12 our average was probably 12 or 13 miles an hour and i didn't know how to descend i didn't know how to do sand i didn't know mud you mm-hmm. know i didn't know all the things and so i was learning as we were going fast i how love to do that all you just things. like find a group and like i'm gonna come yeah. i'm just gonna jump in i love that that's <laughs> I had great to. there was no i didn't know how yeah. else am i gonna learn no like, i think it's amazing i wish <laughs> yeah. more people did that yeah yeah well i want i want to have my my goal now is like i want to i want to work on having like intro to gravel rides mm-hmm. and you know i didn't know about guthrie bike night mm-hmm. guthrie bike night is now what i do every thursday so night. fun uh-huh yeah yeah, you've been out. Uh-huh. I'm never there when you're <laughs> out there. I've only done it twice, but okay. yeah, it's so fun. It is so fun. It's a great group. Yeah. If you want to get, if you want the intro to gravel, that's a great it is place a great to go. Group. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. And so now you're you just kind of went full force and kind of uh-huh. joined in with whatever group ride you could find and yep. uh-huh. made friends and like, hey, let's go ride gravel because right. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So let's get into your G3 experience. Okay. So G3 was like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. Uh, so tell me what happened because we started to talk about this. Uh-huh. I told, we had to stop because I wanted to hear it okay. on the podcast. So <laughs> let's uh, let's get into it. So what uh, what was so magical and amazing about this? Um, well, so I've been wanting to do you know I've been trying to up my mileage a little bit, but mm-hmm. also you know I 
I don't want to get to a point. My friend Mandy has told me that, you know, burnout is a real thing. You'll get, you'll get out there training or riding your bike every day, you know, trying up your mileage and your speed and you can burn out. And mm -hmm. so I've always tried to be mindful of that as I'm trying to achieve some of those goals, like keep an even mix of adventure in there. And so one of the things I've been wanting to do is go further on gravel. Mm. And so the G3, I didn't know, I, I'm like, I don't know what a gravel series is. I mm -hmm. don't know what this means. Um, so uh, my friend Jen White said her and our other friend Joyce McCall were signing up. I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. I go online. I was like, oh, man, you know, the bike uh -huh. costs, you know, that yeah. we've talked about. <laughs> so I, I was waiting on approval for a big job, so I couldn't spend any money that week. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, I'd love to do it, but I just I can't, you know, I can't afford it. And I passed the registration uh, deadline and she messages me on a th on Thursday night. She was like, hey, if I could get you in, would you be willing to go? And I totally forgot to tell her this, but I was, I was like sitting in my bed and I was like almost screamed. I was like so excited. I was like, hell yeah, I would. And then I started kind of crying because I, I didn't realize that I was having FOMO, I guess. And I was like, I am so excited to do this event. And I was like, I guess, yeah, I don't know why I, I was I so excited. I guess I clearly need to be there. Yeah, I need to be there because my soul is, is on fire right now and I don't know why. So uh, it was an event I wasn't going to do. Mm -hmm. And then... We went out there, and it was going to be both of our biggest days on a bike. I think mm -hmm. I had gotten up to 64 miles on the road before. But 64 on the road and 64 mm -hmm. on gravel uh -huh. is not even, not even, even close. close. No. Not <laughs> even close. You can't even compare them. Nope. No. Nope, not at all. Especially with um, you know, the mixture of like the single track and, mm -hmm. and the sand. Yeah, it and, wasn't just wide open, mm -hmm. hard pack, flat roads. Nope. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was all the things, all the things, which is what makes uh, that series so great mm -hmm. is that it's not just roads that you can ride every day. Right. And I know some people may not like that kind of riding, mm -hmm. but if, if you don't like that, just go ride open roads. Yeah. Like that's what makes a cool gravel event. In my opinion. Yeah. Is getting to do something that you don't ever get to do any other time of the year. Yeah. Except when somebody opens up their private land for you and mows their roads just yeah, for you yeah, <laughs> <mows> their roads. <laughs> exactly exactly right so you guys got there um you took off did the three of you uh, ride together or did you kind of like all split up kind of do your own thing yeah we we kind of did we kind of did our own thing i i i try i tried to stay with jen because we had kind of made a plan mm -hmm. um from the from the get-go that like hey this is our longest mileage on a bike let's do it together mm -hmm. um so yeah, we, our goal was to finish. So, uh -huh. you know, we it's were going to go a little faster at the beginning and then slow down towards the end as it got hot, but we both got out there and we were like, Oh man, not feeling it already. So well, it was hot and windy that day. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. even just on the road, I was like, Oh man, you know how days you think you're going to be ready and mm -hmm. you don't know until you start pedaling how you're going to feel. Yeah. So I was a little like, ah, well, here we go. We're going <laughs> and we're going to do it. We're going to finish. Uh-huh. And so, so once you kind of got into the route, what was the big highlights of the day? Um, okay. Highlights of the day. So we had kind of pre-road. Jen, Jen assured me we had ridden all the roads. Okay. And we had, except I had never been on no road. No road. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so we had, we had pre-road the, the, single track. So I knew what to expect. I knew when I was going to have to dismount and, mm -hmm. and all that. So, um, that was fun. There was, 
sand on roads I wasn't expecting. Um, <laughs> yeah, sand sneaks up and gets you real quick. I, I actually love sand. Uh-huh. I actually... No when, one says that. I know, but it's fun. It's a challenge to <laughs> it, stay up. Uh-huh. And um, so that was like the one portion. Have you wrecked in sand yet? Huh? Have you wrecked in sand yet? No. Okay. <laughs> You're like, you'll change your, you'll change your tune once you yeah, do when that. when that sand monster jumps up and grabs you, you'll be yeah. like, oh, that's stupid. Yeah. When we, well, when I was riding with the bandit cross and we were, you know, they had you know, there was no bikes. They assumed everyone had bike skills and it was just a few guys. <laughs> it was just a few guys that were just out having fun. Uh-huh. So I remember them telling me when you, if you see sand, just keep pedaling. Yeah. Um, but I got a little bit of a clinic beforehand, Alan and Jen, mm. um, they did an intro to gravel. Event. I saw that. Yeah. I saw well, this post first, about that. Yeah. The first thing they did was take them out to the foot deep sand on pen and say, here, learn this. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Learn this. Uh-huh. And You'll it was, be okay. Yeah. It was fun. That's yeah. awesome. But no, I've never hit sand going fast and mm-hmm. gone over or anything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> during, uh, during the G3 day, mm-hmm. When did you have a time where you're like, I'm just super over this? Or were you always kind of like gung ho and happy the entire day? Or was there a time where you're just like, get me off this stupid bike? Oh yeah, that, Uh (laughs) but you know, what helped is, uh, Jen's expertly curated playlist. (laughs) She is just this powerhouse of positivity. So, um, I can either go like hard on a bike or I can talk. Mm -hmm. I cannot do both. And so when there were, there were times when I was just like going hard and she would talk to me, mm-hmm. you know, having a partner makes a huge oh difference. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And then. Cause you're never, you're not usually down at the same time. Yes. So when you're down, you mm-hmm. can lift, they lift you up and vice versa. And it just makes the day go by faster. Sometimes you don't talk for 30 minutes and that's okay. Exactly. But sometimes yeah. it's good to just have someone be like, Hey, did you eat or have you drank anything or let's stop up here? Like, let's stop up here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 That makes a huge difference. Uh It's such a, it's, it becomes a team sport real quick. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's exactly what it was like. So when, so when I was hurting, she was doing good Mm -hmm. and vice versa. And then I didn't really, I didn't have like, I, I need to compile like an upbeat playlist, but there was this one point when I was like, have you heard that birthday song by two chains? Cause I think Nelly was playing and it, I, for some reason it made me think of the song. And so I played it for, her and I sang, that was like probably my favorite part of the day. Like I, uh-huh. I got a second wind and mm-hmm. I started passing people and I was singing the birthday song. That's and- awesome. That's great. And then did I see you guys finished? We finished. Uh-huh. Oh my Lord. Yeah. So about 20 miles out, we got, I think that's when we kind of were hitting a wall mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? Our goal is to finish. So let's take a couple, couple breaks before, you know, we mm-hmm. get to the end. We'll stop whenever we need to. Mm-hmm. And then there was this, the water station right before no road mm-hmm. that popped up out of nowhere and gave us just revived <laughs> us. I got to uh-huh. meet Claire. It's like an oasis in the desert. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I met Claire. Is it, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she does the truffle shuffle. Okay. Yeah. I don't know her. Yeah. yeah. She, you need to interview her. Okay. She's awesome. We can do that. So she had, she just had this like, this attitude of just like super positivity and mm-hmm. she's taking pictures and like offering us beer. And so, um, we were like, no beer, please don't even say beer right now. Just <laughs> uh-huh. give me water. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. <laughs> no, I no, can't. No, 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 me either. So, and then after that we were able to, we, we did know out and Jen, she fucking like took off on no road. I think she unclipped maybe twice. Nice. Yeah. She, she completely just hammered it. Oh yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. She did great. And then, um, and then we got to the, got to the end. Oh, my, uh, 
my GPS died one mile away, (laughs) of course. Uh So, and then we got to the end and then there was the hill right before the finish line. And she was like, oh, we got to sprint. I was like, I don't want to sprint. I don't want to. Jen's a bad influence on you, it sounds like. I know, but she knows, like, she knows these things. And I was like, of course you're supposed to sprint to the finish. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, here I go, here I go. And I crossed the finish line. And I put my bike down. They hand me a beer and a water. And I'm like, oh, God, thank God. Uh-huh. And then someone comes up behind me. And uh, it was Ray. And he, I didn't know. I've never met, I'd never met him before. And he goes, hey, uh when you're done, you know, drinking water, I've got a podium for you. And I was like, are you joking? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, surely we're dead last, right? <laughs> and he was like, no, you got second place. And I think, so it wasn't, I just started bawling. Uh-huh. I was bawling because my Facebook memories had come up right before I left in the morning and told me that this was the anniversary of my longest ride that I had ever done. And it just happened. I wasn't even planning. I wasn't supposed right. to be here and it happened and I got a podium and I don't know how that happened, <laughs> but just the whole, I think what I've been through, I, what mm-hmm. I'd been through and the darkness I had been in the matter of like 18 months, yeah, like crazy. You know, it's just really put a fresh perspective on my life of like your life will, can and will be totally different in a year for better or worse. So it's just like, man, hang on, yeah. hang on, hang on. Things change quickly. He- yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. Good. Yeah. But in both directions. But uh-huh. for you, thank goodness. They changed really bad for you really quickly and then really amazing for you really quickly. Exactly. Which is so cool. Uh-huh. It's awesome. Yeah. So I was just overwhelmed by, I can't <laughs> believe like never won anything. <laughs> I've never done a competitive sport. I've never done a competitive anything in my entire life. I did a vocal music competition when I was in eighth grade and that was it. See so. what happens when you just throw yourself out for an yeah. adventure. Yeah. You ugly cry and become one of those, <laughs> one of those guys. I was just like, dude, get it together. Uh, no, there was no chance you could. And then when you're depleted like that, there was uh-huh. no controlling it. No, yeah. <laughs> no. And it was an ugly cry. I was like, <gasps> Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a great finishing story. And hugs. Like all the Guthrie bike night people were there uh-huh. and like got to hug people. And uh-huh. yeah, I what did, a, yeah. What a great, 365 day experience you had. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. That's yep. a tough story. That's a tough year to beat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to go for your next year, but it's, you got a lot to live up Bike to now. Bikepacking. Okay. That's, that's the next thing I awesome. want to do. Would you have one planned? Um, no. Uh, so when I posted my story about the G3, I hooked up with this, um, I, I found the Houston gravel Co- collective. I don't know if they liked to post or something, mm-hmm. but I started digging into their page and, I, and they do intro to bikepacking events. Mm. And I like, we need to have something like yep. that in Oklahoma. Like I want to know how to bike pack. There are mm-hmm. plenty of routes in Oklahoma that are backpack worthy. So yep. we started talking and we're trying to figure out a way that we can collaborate and get Houston because their organization wants to get more women bikepacking and on gravel. And I was like, cool. That's my heart. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's where I am right uh-huh. now. That's awesome. Because I know um, there was one in Bentonville recently that was like an intro to bikepacking. Was there? And I saw it on ah! Facebook thing. And then I saw one. There was a group out of Tulsa uh-huh. that they did one last year. But it was like legit writing. Like I looked at uh-huh. doing it and I was like, Ugh, I don't. No, we need an yeah. intro. Like they started seven miles. Okay. Yeah. In so this intro. that would be, it would be cool <clears throat> to do something like that. And then just starting and riding, um, to just meeting somewhere in downtown Oklahoma city, mm-hmm. having breakfast together, 
or a late lunch or whatever and riding to um you could ride out to Arcade or yeah, Arcadia and camp there for mm-hmm. the night or um, yep. doing something like that or riding to El Reno and you can yeah. camp at Lake El Reno uh-huh. and uh-huh. then come back the next day, stuff like that. That would be super cool. And I, that could be put together very easily. Or I wanted to do this year, the, the Roman nose um, mm-hmm. and red rocks. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's mm-hmm. a route. I wanted to do that. I, yeah. I, that probably it's like happen. 50 miles. Um, mm-hmm. The only sucky part with that one day is going to be smoking fast. And one mm-hmm. day is going to be sucky slow because oh, yeah. it's North South. So, pick choose wisely. <laughs> choose wisely when you do that. Do you want to go out suffering or yeah, come back suffering? Exactly. Because um, yeah, it's <clears throat> bikepacking. The getting the gear is a little tricky, mm-hmm. um, and knowing what gear to get and stuff like that. But my first bikepacking thing, I had bought a couple of bags and went and done it. And the guy that came with me, he didn't have any bags. He just put all of it in a backpack, mm-hmm. and we hit the road. And so, your intro can be very intro, very simple, very easy. Okay. Um, but yeah, I. I will give you the little bit of knowledge that I have for any of this stuff. And yeah. then I think try to connect you with a couple people that do it more. Um, Absolutely. That I'm would interested. be, um, to help maybe get that started for you. Cause mm-hmm. that would be it. I think bikepacking is going to be a really huge thing in the next five years mm-hmm. because it is just about <clears throat> the adventure, which yep. I think people are more into that now coming out of 2020. Um, yes. and so I think people are looking for that and I hope it continues to evolve that way because mm-hmm. I'm seeing more bikepacking races, which, Okay cool but i would like to see more bikepacking adventures yeah 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 me too yeah. yeah so um cool all right i can't wait to hear about that yeah um let's talk about your off the bike life because it's pretty amazing oh well thanks like, <laughs> incredibly amazing so for people that don't know you outside of riding a bike um mm-hmm. and jumping into anything and everything um you do like amazing murals at, like around the city yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and you've done amazing big art pieces. So people that have gone to, I haven't gone and seen it in person, but I followed uh-huh. it along whenever you were doing it. Um, you have a, a huge piece at the new Omni. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. And so I don't know what other amazing pieces you have out around the city. So tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about your art life. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I got into art, um, when I was in high school and I was, I was way behind. It's kind of how I feel about cycling. You know, it's like, Oh, I'm so behind. I haven't even started, you know, all my friends were putting together portfolios for art school and I was like, ah, I really want to do art, but I'm just, I, I can't, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I used to draw like these bubble characters when I was a kid, my older sister bullied me about them. So I always (laughs) thought I was like a horrible artist, but my, I had this, uh, my, my favorite grandma was, she was my, my dad's mother. She's my mom. And she would always say like, you know, you need to do art, you need to be creative. And, um, I didn't start until after she passed away when Mm. I was 16. So I was going through a rough patch, um, in my teens. Um, I didn't really have a lot of friends or hang out. I was very, you know, cause I'd come from being super sheltered Mm -hmm. to kind of socially inept because I didn't, I didn't know that there were all these unspoken rules (laughs) to like, you know, there, there was order in, in, in class when you hit a uh, public school that I was unaware of, there were certain ways to dress and talk and act. And I, it was too overwhelming for me. And so I think I just kind of went inward mm-hmm. and I would just like my first, um, art adventures were just getting my 35 millimeter camera and, you know, hopping in my car right after school and just driving until the sunset and mm-hmm. taking pictures. And so that's how I got into doing art. And then I was like, well, maybe I, 
maybe I could start just playing around with color. And so I'd mix acrylic paints together and, you know, just get really excited about color. I remember <laughs> the first time I played around with like acrylic paints, I felt, um, kind of giddy. Uh-huh. It was like a feeling I'd never like, like tingly and giddy. And I'd never had that feeling before. I was like, well, maybe that means it's something. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents always thought that I was, you know, on drugs or, you know, hanging with the wrong crowd. They didn't know that I was just this loner with a camera, you <laughs> know, like, I'm not hanging with anybody. Like I'm literally <laughs> doing nothing. And I just want to hang out past 10 o'clock and take pictures and maybe watch a show at a friend's house. Like uh-huh. that's all I'm doing. Right. Um, so I had this kind of like label of rebel, like my parents would call me a rebel. Um, my sisters would, you know, be like, Oh, you're so rebellious, you know, like, so I kind of turned it into like this life philosophy of like, you know, I, I am a rebel, but I consider it like constructive rebellion. That's my character and my nature and my life philosophy is constructive rebellion. So it's like, I want to channel it into something positive, um, that's working for me and not just rebel for rebellion's sake. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of how I've noticed I've carried that on through my life is, um, my dad, um, he, you know, I remember him telling him that I wanted to be an artist one day and he said, you'll never make a a living being an artist. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I guess you'll have to watch me. (laughs) Uh And so that's kind of in my life. It's like, if you, if you want, if you want me to do something, just tell me now. Yeah. <laughs> and that can go the opposite way too. Right. I'm not, you know, I've, re- I've seen myself dig myself into a hole trying to prove something to people that I don't have to prove. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I let go of like my, my business, um, in 2016. Mm-hmm. It's cause I was like, I've done this. It just doesn't resonate with me anymore. Right. Anyway. Yeah. It so was I've a good done chapter art. in your life and <laughs> uh-huh. sometimes chapters are just over. Yeah, and that's exactly. Hundred okay. percent. Yeah. Because you know, anything it, it's never it's never destroyed. It just turns something mm-hmm. into something different. You know. So um, when you were kind of getting going mm-hmm. in your like late mm-hmm. teens, early twenties, were you just mm-hmm. doing like small pieces and just kind of like trying to figure out where your road was going to take you and kind of what was going to be your niche? Yeah. Or did urban you know art. early on? Mm-hmm. You knew urban yeah. stuff was your thing. Yeah, urban art and uh, and my and my husband we. Uh, you know, he'd been, he'd, he'd done like, you know, graffiti art and urban art. And I was really into that. And so, um, when we started our business in the Plaza district, what we wanted to do was kind of create a space to highlight urban art in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I had made the decision to stay in Oklahoma after high school because I thought what a cool place, like everyone's leaving but it's literally a blank canvas. I worked at a coffee shop downtown and all the buildings were boarded up and or being used as uh, garages. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, how cool would it be to like get one of these buildings and like just make it an art gallery oh, or a yeah. studio. And so that's that was our intention, you know. And so we spent um, almost, almost 10 years with at the business and in the Plaza District building and growing that, mm-hmm. you know, starting the second Friday art walk and... Um, he ended up, him and his friend opened up the Plaza Walls. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what year that is, but that, and they, they just wrapped up uh-huh. their annual festival and it just gets better and better yep. every year. So. I think it's funny, um, because people just know Plaza what it is now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not what it was 10 years ago when it was, you kind of just drove down oh, yeah. 16th street or whatever, you know, uh-huh. like you just drove through it to get through it. Um, uh-huh. and you, and you were a very integral piece into 
kind of making it, I mean, people mm-hmm. have taken it and made it into something mm-hmm. so huge now, but you were one of the founders of kind of getting it rolling and getting it to what it is now, especially with the Plaza Walls and all the urban art that's so everywhere it seems like now yeah. and now it seems like if there's a side of a building that's blank mm-hmm. somebody's going to put a mural on it absolutely and you guys are at the absolute forefront of like making that a reality in oklahoma city which is cool mm-hmm. it's yeah. got to there's got to be times that you drive around i mean i have no idea because i have zero artistic and or building <laughs> ability whatsoever in my body but you've got to drive around and just be like yeah that's pretty cool like it is cool to see art on wall i mean Public art is my favorite. It's all, it's, it's exclusively what I do now um, mm-hmm. is commission based uh, public art because it belongs to everyone. You know, I was trying to be a gallery artist for many years and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. This is like, <laughs> it's elitist. Uh-huh. It's, it, you know, you have to know people to like, you know, get in the know. It's, I don't know. It, mm-hmm. it just, it seemed like a racket to me. And to me, my heart um, is like community. Um, I don't want to be, on the walls of a place where everyone or certain people don't feel like they belong, Mm. you know? So, and you guys have really revolutionized and changed the way Oklahoma city looks. Yeah. I love, I just, I love, you know, it's, it's, it's what I want, you know, wanted when I was a kid, just like Oklahoma city can be something like it's now that I'm sitting here thinking about this Uh and talking it out with you, I'm like, man, that's gotta be Uh such a like amazing feeling inside Uh because it wasn't like that when, I mean, 10 years ago, Oklahoma city didn't look like this with public art, you know, and I completely forgot too. you know, when I was, when I was tooling around when I was in high school, you know, I would go out in the country, but the city became a whole chapter where I was trying to explore. I'd pick a, um, a road to drive down Western Avenue one day, Mm -hmm. Penn another day, Bay, and then East to West. And I, Mm -hmm. I actually drove through the Plaza district many times and I remember it like way back in the day. So and there was n- nothing. I was pretty much boarded up. I remember there was like a, I think there was a tea house or something uh-huh. at some point. So and the little convenience store that's still there holding uh-huh. on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So great. Yeah. Um, so once you got kind of found your niche with the, um, with the murals, where are some of your murals? And I want to put that in some of the show notes, like some of your, uh-huh. that you have around the city. Okay. Um, uh-huh. so people can go take pictures and start this urban mm-hmm. bike tour of, checking out Heck amazing yeah. art yeah yeah um, uh-huh. so where are some of the murals uh around the city that people might be familiar with so the first um mural mural that i did was on western avenue it's on the uh north side of the bruno's building mm-hmm. um so what's the is it cock of the walk that's the yeah, bar I, uh, is it across it's across from cock of the walk i uh, believe yep yep, yep. I get that in Red Rooster confused sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so um, that was Oklahoma City's first inaugural mural festival um, was put on by Western Avenue. And one of the things it was, so this was a collaborative piece by my friend Aaron Cooper, who owns Cooper House. Okay. And Lauren Miller, um, who is a very talented tattoo artist. Mm. And um, how we got into it was... Aaron was working with Western Avenue and she looked at their roster of artists and was like, there's no women on your roster. Like, why is that? Do you think women can't paint? Like what is going on here? You know, and that's, that's also been, you know, I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to like be political or whatever, but that, you know, that there is definitely in the cycling community, you know, they're trying to get more women in. Well, it's the same thing We're we've been trying to make the public art scene more equitable, you know? Interesting. Yeah and more inclusive. So, 
that was, <laughs> so she called me up because the uh, Western Avenue director like called her out and was like, well, are you, do you want to do one? She uh-huh. goes, yeah. Oops. <laughs> and then she immediately called me and said, Amanda, uh-huh. I know that you've done something mural-esque before. Do you want to do a mural? And I said, yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh-huh. So we figured it out. <laughs> That's awesome. And it was 120 feet by oh, 25 to 30 feet. That's so, massive. How yeah. long did it take you to do that? We had one week to do it. Oh my god! It was un, a lot of people don't know this. It was unpaid. Yeah, that's a lot of work. That was a lot of work. So, but so were you uh, able to use that as like, here's my portfolio? Uh huh. Yeah. Now yeah, pay yeah. me. Yeah. 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 So they did. They did it. Um, they did a contest. Okay. And the winner got paid. But gotcha. we talked to them. We were like, all right, that never needs to happen again. Yeah. Like, no contest. Number one, it pits. Right. Our community of people were all friends. Mm-hmm. Like pits one of us, you know, all of us against each other. And that's not fair. Right. Number two, this is real work, (laughs) real work. I'm on a three story scaffolding working 12 hours a day. Uh, um, It is real work. Yeah. You should get paid for that. Uh huh. You should get paid for that. (laughs) And I've been paid for everyone since. So So what other um, murals have you done around the city? Okay. There was one, there's one on the McKinley park community center in the class and 10 pen neighborhood. Okay. Um, okay. Where is this? Oh, uh, the Wheeler District. Oh. Yeah, Wheeler District mural um, was me and Aaron Cooper. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Okay. Cooper House now has an office down in the Wheeler District. Um, okay, what else? Um, going blank. Oh, I've done, uh, last year I did a mural at Peak Dispensary on May. Yeah. In the old Arby's uh-huh. building. Yeah. Um, yep. Oh, uh Bimbo Bakeries mm-hmm. used to be the Rainbow Bread Factory. Um, I did that one last year. Actually, I w- did not do that one. <laughs> what happened is I got the job and I was injured. And so mm. I had to scramble because I needed the money. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I, a friend helped me. She was like, here, you pay me. Right. I'll hire the crew. You'll get a cut. Uh-huh. Everything worked out perfectly. That's good. Well, yeah. let's talk about this amazing paper folding piece that you did oh, yeah, in yeah. the Omni. Because... Uh-huh. I don't even, uh, first off, my patients are zero, so I <laughs> don't understand how someone could physically uh-huh. do that, but that, the, the pictures I've seen of this piece are incredible. Like, yeah. how, uh-huh. let's just explain to people what it is, um, to start with, I guess. Um, so the title of the piece, yeah, I don't, I'm blanking on it now. Do too. they, do they like come to you and ask you to do it or do they say, Hey, we need this amount of pieces and you kind of put in a bid for it? Like, how does that work? Um, I was approached by a third party, um, art curation company that was contracted by the Omni hotel Gotcha. Okay. and they were responsible for, um, finding the artists locally. Um, so yeah, they approached me and kind of told me like what they wanted mm-hmm. and how big and, um, how big is it? It is three, four by eight foot panels. Uh huh. <laughs> That's massive. Encased in plexiglass, yeah. which I'm I'm really excited. I I started doing the cut paper back in 2012, mm-hmm. um, and I haven't done a lot of it since then. Um, so I was super excited to be able to encase it in plexiglass. I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have that on your Instagram? Uh, the piece. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, de- I definitely want to encourage people to go on and look at it because honestly, uh-huh. like I know nothing about art. I, uh-huh. I don't get it. Like I, I'm just very. Like, <laughs> you do if you appreciate it, you get it. That's I'm all. Like, I'm because I uh, like in college. So I went to OCU and uh-huh. we had a class called Arts and Human Values, and we would it was you learned about all the different kinds of arts and all this stuff right uh-huh. for a full semester, and you had to take this class and whatever. And I was just there were so many times I'm like I don't understand like why why mm-hmm. why is this a thing like why is this important or why is this a why does this piece more like cool but this over here is like didn't make the cut like I it just doesn't make so, sense to me this is why I didn't go to art school <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> because it's so weird uh huh yeah yeah I mean I'm sure yes is there time place and art appreciation mm-hmm. that yes go go do that but right. also let's not be so exclusive just like in cycling right. where there are too many rules and then you just for you know because <laughs> i want to walk in and yeah. see something and be like that's cool looking exactly i don't know why it's cool looking 100%. it's just cool looking yeah or it's I like pretty it. it's prettier than that one over there i don't mm-hmm. know why it's just prettier yeah so th- that's how i felt <laughs> when i saw that paper piece because uh-huh. i've never seen anything like that oh, okay and it's uh-huh. just like holy mm-hmm. cow how long did that take you to do oh my lord um Two months Does, working more than 40 hours a week. Do you have any clue how many pieces of paper it is? No, not at all. <laughs> like, I mean, it's thousands. Uh-huh. And, and it's you, all hand cut. Let me say you had to hand uh-huh. cut all yeah. of it and fold them. I had a really good callus <laughs> on my finger. And then yeah. lay them out. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a lot. Just glue them together? Uh, yeah. yeah. And it has to be a special glue. Mm. Um, it's like an archival mm. acid free glue. Um, cause I used to just use hot glue, but apparently that's not archival. <laughs> um, but it dries quick, but uh-huh. this, this other glue, you have to sit for a second. Oh my gosh. Go, All right. Now I'm ready for the next one. So at oh least five, gosh. 10 seconds. So it takes forever. Uh-huh. So much patience. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how you do that. Yeah. It's amazing. You get into, you know, it's, have you seen the documentary Happy? Um, basically, it's one of my favorite documentaries where they talk about the key to human happiness is unlocking flow. Mm. And so no matter what it is, I used to be a barista. So in the mornings when you get that rush and you were just making the same mm-hmm. thing over and over, you'd hit that flow. And mm-hmm. and that is, that's what creates happiness. There was like, you know, actual science, science behind, behind it. it. I couldn't big tell words, you what it was. But. Yeah. Big words and, and stuff. But, <laughs> but that stuck with me because I'm like, I think that's what I find when mm-hmm. I do, um, repetitive and what other people would consider maybe a menial task over and over. I've hit a flow, which makes sense why you love cycling. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Uh-huh. So you're in the same uh-huh. thing in your brain. Um, and people, definitely should reach out to you because you are for hire for this like, yeah, uh-huh. and you'll come in and do stuff because we were just talking before we started about uh-huh. possibly doing a piece at uh, a coffee shop in Edmond uh-huh. and mm-hmm. so people can definitely reach out to you to do murals inside their businesses yep. or on the side of their businesses and all this stuff so absolutely encourage that because mm-hmm. they can drive around and look at your work and see how badass you are I'll brag on you you won't have to do it um, <laughs> Thank and you. so yeah I would highly encourage people mm-hmm. to do that but not only do you ride bikes all the time and spend two months folding paper and <laughs> painting the sides of giant buildings. Um, the life of a starving artist. You, of course, who else needs another task and job and basically a, a way of art um, mm-hmm. with your flowers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about how in the world did you even get into doing the flower thing? Oh, okay. So when, when I sold my business in my house and got a divorce in 2016, I moved into this place in the in the Paseo, um, called 612. And, you know, I had 
dipped my feet into gardening a little bit in my house, but I never had time to do, you know, anything. I was running a business. Um, and so to be surrounded by gardens, um, and butterflies and it, it was just, it was so magical cause I was finally in a pl- place in my life where I could breathe. I didn't have the weight of like, you know, c- carrying people's livelihood, like keeping a business going and paying people. I didn't have all of that weight on my shoulders anymore. So I could really start to think about who I am. What is it deeply deep down inside that I want? Um, and so being surrounded by a garden, which there are plenty of, you know, parallels to draw, (laughs) you know, in beginnings, deaths, rebirths, cycles of life from a garden, um, just being around that was so inspiring. And I started, I don't even know how I started foraging for wildflowers Mm -hmm. And my, so my boyfriend, um, was a director of permaculture at 612. We kind of like developed a relationship through being there. And so one of the things that we would do on on the weekends, I'd just go out and identify wildflowers and like pick things, save seeds, stuff like that. Hmm. Um, and then I got to a point where I was running low on funds because I didn't get a couple of big jobs Mm -hmm. that I had planned for, uh, one year. And so I started putting together bouquets for the farmer's market that had just started in 612, Mm -hmm. um, sale farmer's market. And it was, so I was like, well, it's right outside my door. (laughs) Might as well. I may as well (laughs) go downstairs and sell things. And (laughs) so I started selling these wildflower bouquets and then, you know, after a while kind of felt a little, you know, convicted about picking wildflowers when Mm. they're already kind of going extinct. And so I was like, well, how can I make this sustainable? Um, and so Paul gave me a little patch in his yard to start, you know, a little garden. And then my goal was to be completely self-sustaining and not foraging anything. Um, and I hit that goal this year. It's like mm. three years in. So awesome. And, Is that the plot of land that's right there by the cemetery? Uh-huh. Okay. So that so he owns that blue house on the corner and then the lot next to it. Okay. Which is so amazing. It's it perfect. is amazing to have a lot in the city. Yeah, it's it's crazy uh-huh. that it's even possible, especially uh-huh. in that part of the city. Right. Thank goodness for him yeah. not being like, I think I'm gonna cash in here. Well, he did. Uh. <laughs> yeah, he did. He 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 had to sell um he had to sell his lot after his divorce, but luckily his his employer is an incredibly kind and generous woman and sold it back to him for just a little bit more than what she bought it for last wow. year. So he owns it again. That's awesome. Yeah, he was trying to sell his house at one point and I was like, "Do not sell this house. <laughs> uh-huh. You are literally on Chartel. This is like one of the busiest and best streets in the yeah. city." I mean, it's a bike route too. Yeah, it is a bike route. So yeah. we've talked about fun things like <laughs> popping up a picnic table uh-huh. in a watering yeah. area and making it more like a stop. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. making it a stop. And so you you put together mm-hmm. your bouquets mm-hmm. are beautiful. Thank you. Like so, uh-huh. is they're so different and so cool. Like they're just like they're not. I can't. I don't know how to. But wild, yes, and rustic uh-huh. looking is kind yeah. of the best way to explain them. Mm-hmm. But so different than a flower shop. Yeah, which is awesome. Something I didn't know until I started getting into flowers is that commercial flowers have so many pesticides. Mm. Like it is actually pretty common common to have like uh, like a lot of people who worked in flowers um, for very long get cancer and I mean, other. I guess when you think about it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to turn the, the turn the crop, mm-hmm. yeah, and the pesticides and the herbicides. So we don't use any any of that, mm. and. Um, our, our, my goal now is to all the wildflowers that 
I've enjoyed out in the wild, I want to find a way to put them in my yard. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to get um, the prairie fire, mm-hmm. um, the paintbrush, our Oklahoma, mm-hmm. like one of my, our most fa- uh, famous wildflowers to grow in my yard. Oh. Um, I got bloom on it to nice. bloom. Isn't um, it amazing how hard it is to get to grow there? But then if you just drive down to Mount Scott, they're yes. everywhere. And they can't get rid of them. <laughs> they're just yes. tens of thousands of them. <laughs> well, apparently our soil isn't shitty enough. Uh, <laughs> We've worked yeah. so hard to make it, you know, so good. We need some some uh-huh. rocky clay you now. Need, you need no rain and uh-huh. rocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. grow like crazy. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny how picky it is. And then you do the, um, in the seasonal stuff uh-huh. when Christmas comes around yeah. you do something else there yeah so my goal is to make I, I try I've tried to make a fully sustainable like 365 days a year flower um, business mm-hmm. um, and one of the ways I do that is by drying everything that I grow when I don't use it and then putting it into wreaths um, dried arrangements stuff like that so. yeah because I bought one of those from my mom last year and she like went like crazy oh, on this thing oh I didn't so, to talk to you after yeah, that that's, yeah. so, that's awesome sign me up for another one this All year right, because done. that thing it's beautiful so done. um yeah so when do you start selling those um i sell them year round oh you do um, okay i don't really put it out there because mm-hmm. you know the flowers to me they're that's kind of my staple income right um if I get too busy with that, I don't have time to do my art stuff. Yeah. So I'm always available and I'm always for hire, but yeah. I don't put it out there because then I'll have to start hiring people <laughs> uh, to do the things. And no, then I it creates that. that whole too busy uh-huh. burnout thing. I so. get that. Yeah. yeah. So once the cold weather comes around and people mm-hmm. start decorating, for, which is now uh-huh. about now for the, yeah, the yeah. fall season. Yes. So right now I've already made, I've already made fall uh, wreaths. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So hit you up while people are yep. decorating with all their pumpkins and all their things for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and Halloween mm-hmm. and all the Christmas stuff. So, uh, keep it in mind. Um, well, let's jump into the last segment here. Cause I, we clearly can just keep talking forever. Sounds good. Um, it's a little thing I like to call yard sale. <laughs> and you, now that you have a mountain bike, you're going to learn uh-huh. about the real yard sale uh-huh. and what that truly means this first time you go to a trail that is, um, or you get more confidence than ability, which yeah. happens quickly on the mountain bike trail, but it always brings you back to reality. <laughs> so, um, just a couple of quick questions. Doesn't have to be a quick answer, but uh-huh. let's just kind of go off of random topics. Okay. Your favorite piece of bike equipment that cost under a hundred dollars. Uh, I know it's already been said. Yep. Alan, uh-huh. Alan freaking took it because as the, I think that was the first time uh-huh. you did uh-huh. you did it, and I was like top tube bag. Yeah, uh-huh. it's the top tube bag. Okay, which one do you have? Um, something from Amazon. Okay, yeah. And just what do you stack in it? Um, snacks and it. I don't have two flat kit, mm-hmm. three flat kits now for all three of my bikes, mm-hmm. so I can use it as a flat kit for my gravel. I keep it mainly on my gravel bike, okay. but also. When I go on long rides, I can stash a charger and a charger cord in there. Gotcha. And that, that, that's really why I enjoy it is because like, you <laughs> Peace know. Peace of what, mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Here's your next question. What's your favorite snack when you're riding? I eat the gluten-free, what are the waffles? Oh, the Stinger, Stinger. waffles? Yeah, honey yeah. stingers. Yeah. yeah, those are good. Yeah, that's pretty much my only, Which one flavor? and only. All, all of them except I tried berry. Berry's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, don't eat the berry. <laughs> um, I think we talked about kind of your hardest and longest ride. Uh-huh. Um, bikepacking is your bucket list thing. Up next. Do you have a big bikepacking thing that's on the radar? Because you were the queen of imagining and putting uh-huh. it and making it happen. Do you have one of those kind of events that's out there that you vision? I have always wanted to bike across the U.S. 
However, I was talking to Jim Riley at the Wheeler Criterium last Tuesday, and he said that there is a book about a woman who biked the monarch migration. And I said, holy hell. That's all of your things. This is this might be it. Uh-huh. And so next time I see him, he said he'd give me the book. So that okay. might be it. That might be it. That's a it pretty- might be both. It might be. Yeah. And then the, now the, the rails yeah. to trails, I think, is almost yeah. fully complete where you can ride I've that across following the country. That. Yeah. So yeah. that would be a cool way to do it across uh-huh. the country. Yes. Yeah. Cause it'd be so much safer and mm-hmm. it would be, it would be really enjoyable way to do it. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of, mm-hmm. okay, let's just ask this. What's your favorite butterfly? What's the favorite colors? Cause I don't know their names. Okay. Like, I have no clue. I have always just kind of like rolled my eyes at monarchs. Cause mm-hmm. to me, they're the basic bitch butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. But they are, you know, it's like everyone, everyone in your mom has the monarch tattoo. It's, you know, it's, it's, it is like to me, I was laughing. Uh I was laughing myself about this the other day because. And there's one that just flew by outside. It's, he's he's flopping around. He just just went across out. It it heard me. I did. Uh Uh But going to get his after learning, you know, after learning more about it and how it has like the most complex migrational, patterns of any insect you know i've learned so much just by raising them mm-hmm. um i'm gonna have to say the monarchs okay and roll eyes at myself you're so basic i know i am so basic <laughs> <laughs> the one that you had a picture of on your instagram the other mm-hmm. i think it was black and yeah blue. so that's my second that was mm-hmm. amazing the black swallowtail butterfly that's oh, our state butterfly that that was uh-huh. so beautiful yeah yeah that, that's my favorite part i think of your uh-huh. instagram is all the bugs that you post yeah yeah. <laughs> That's it's always good. Um, your favorite place to ride? Oh, oh, favorite place to ride, man! I any anywhere there's gravel and red dirt. That's a good answer. I mean, but I will say, at, as far as gravel and red dirt that I have ridden, the Wichita's were the one that you posted. Mm-hmm. See, so that How made great on, is that route? Yeah. That's it. Really, that may be my favorite gravel ride I've ever done in my life. Did I tell you I'm gonna? I, I've organized a women's ride out there. Awesome! And so, if you have a ride with GPS okay, yeah. uh, or a segment you could share with me, yeah, we're gonna I'll, do a thirty and a forty-seven. Okay, I'll send yeah. it to you. Yeah, cool. it's it's so great because you like never have a stop sign. Yes, you never see a car. Uh-huh. Every road just kind of like dead ends and turns mm-hmm. into another amazing road. Mm-hmm. And there's a section out there mm-hmm. that is truly like being lost in the middle of Colorado. Yeah. Where it's just like, you're truly in like Rocky mountains and yeah. nothing around. It's gorgeous. Amazing out there. Yeah. That's, I, that would be one of my top ones. Yeah. Um, do you have a dream bike? <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, I don't probably one that I would build. Mm. Um, gravel bike, I'm assuming. Yeah. Gravel. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A gravel. I couldn't tell you what it is. Just a full custom. Probably like, piece it I'll, together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something I build. That'll be my next art project. Right. What would be, since you're still new and fresh into this, what's uh, your advice to a new writer? So you're going, to, you're mm-hmm. trying to get these new clinics set up mm-hmm. and go into some of those. What's the best piece of advice that you give to a new gravel writer? Um, don't be afraid. And don't listen to anyone who says there are any hard and fast rules about riding your bike. Like there, there are none. You ride it for you. You in the hiking community, they say hike your own hike, mm-hmm. ride your own ride. I that's mm-hmm. amazing advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people get caught up into like, well, I don't have the right bike to do this, or I don't have the right kit to do this, or hundred percent. Yeah, I, I don't look like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it just you have been a true example of just like, hey, 
there's something going on over here on a bicycle. I'm going to go see what it's all about. Yeah. 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 And now you've plugged in and we even talked about it a little bit before we started, like mm-hmm. how much this has turned into a massive networking and business yeah. opportunity for you. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's been huge because everybody in the, the, it feels like the, cause we, Oklahoma city is such a small town mm-hmm. that on the bike, it's a small community. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, the hardcore folks that are kind of at most things. Right. Yeah. But they're connected to everything in the city. Yeah. Like in Oklahoma. Like if you met good friends on the bike and you talk to somebody like, oh, yeah, you need to talk to <laughs> to Susie yeah. or you need to talk to Bill because uh-huh. they know that guy or that mm-hmm. girl or they, yeah, they own that company. You should talk to them. You're like, wait, what? Like, yeah. how, how does that happen? So the cycling community is such a great networking when people take their guards down and just enjoy it for what it is. Totally. So I love that you've embraced that. Mm-hmm. And I want to say thank you for bringing not only like your art and beauty to the community mm-hmm. that's changed the way that our community looks and feels, but also bringing like this same thing to the cycling community. Cause the two people that I've seen have done it better than anybody that's especially new and fresh to the community is you and Perrin and (laughs) i love her that's what everybody says the instant reaction Mm -hmm. everybody lights up and smiles Mm -hmm. yeah and i feel like you two are bringing that energy to cycling and Mm -hmm. i want to say thank you for that because that's what's going to make it better not only for Mm -hmm. women cycling in our community but like everybody in cycling in our community so thank you for that well thank Thank you for for making our city beautiful (laughs) but making our cycling community better Mm -hmm. because you're just doing it Mm -hmm. which is awesome so i appreciate that um People can follow you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put the link on that. Uh, is there anything that you want to add outside of, I will say, go buy your stuff for how decorate for decorating this holiday season and go check out your artwork around the city. No, I think we covered it. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for taking time out of your life thank to come you, do Ryan. this. And uh, we'll see you on the road, right? Yep. Uh, cool. Thank you.